Hello friends, welcome back to Vantage Point, where the vantage is the point. I'm Troy Jennings. And I'm Aaron Pope. Thank you again for joining us. We are thankful that you are with us for our fourth episode. That's right, fourth episode. Thank you for your continued support of this podcast and all of the content on the platform, Our Father's Table. My ask of you is that if you appreciate this podcast, please share it with someone else. As promised, each week in February, we will honor a figure in black history. Last week, we honored Miss Cicely Tyson, and today we will honor Amanda Gorman. I first came to know of Amanda Gorman after she recited the poem, The Hill We Climb, at the inauguration of President Joe Biden. I was immediately captivated by her and interested to know more. In a biography taken from poets.org, Amanda Gorman was born and raised in Los Angeles, California. She graduated from Harvard University in 2020. She is the author of The Hill We Climb, an inaugural poem for the country, the poetry collection The Hill We Climb, and The One for Whom Food Is Not Enough. In 2017, Gorman was named the first ever National Youth Poet Laureate of the United States. She previously served as the Youth Poet Laureate of Los Angeles, and she is the founder and executive director of One Pen, One Page, an organization providing free creative writing programs for underserved youth. Gorman was selected by President Biden to read her original poem, The Hill We Climb, for his inauguration on January 20th, 2021, making her the youngest poet to have served in this role. She is also the first poet commissioned to write a poem to be read at the Super Bowl. Her poem honors three individuals for their essential work during the COVID-19 pandemic. We salute you, Miss Gorman. You are truly an inspiration to us all, and we are excited to follow you on your journey. Yes. Yes. So today, friends, we're mixing it up a little bit, as we like to do from time to time. And rather than have a specific topic, we have questions, dun, dun, dun. questions, questions. So <laughs> um, the intention of this is just to kind of give you all a way to get to know us a little bit better. So, Aaron, I know you have some questions that are prepared that you're going to ask me and vice versa. I'll return the favor. So do you want to get us jump started? What's something that you are just burning to ask me right now? What makes you? laugh the most I know him on a serious level y'all don't Uh-oh. know him on a serious level y'all mm. get all of this and it's cool mm. this is what y'all get but I want to know what makes you laugh what's lighthearted? what's kind can it be a show you can say whatever you want to I'm just <laughs> so and some people who know me really well they will know I love family guy I watch Family Guy almost every day. I've seen every season, every episode of Family Guy. I love it. I think it's hilarious. It's just carefree and it's still smart. It's good satire. It's making fun and it's clever sometimes of the things and, you know, human nature. But for me, I love, I love Family Guy. You know, I can be, I can be a serious person, but I also love to laugh. I think, 
I think laughter is, you know, it's good medicine for the soul. Kindness to the soul. Yeah. Kindness. Yeah. And without soul. And without fail, you know, Family Guy is always that one thing that will make me laugh at some point in time. (laughs) Mm, I hear that. Yeah. What would you rather ride? A horse, a bike, a roller coaster, or drive a car? Hmm, which one would I rather ride? Well, I drive a car every day, of course. But, but you got to take it out of perspective. Could you be riding? You wouldn't be driving. You'd be riding. What does that What does it mean? So, so you'd like, be a passenger. Oh, a passenger. Got you. So I would choose a roller coaster. Mm. I love roller coasters. I, I love amusement parks. I used to go every every year, like Hershey, Six Flags, Hanks Dominion. I love roller coasters. The thrill of getting on it and then especially the the tall drops Mm -hmm. i just i'm always a little bit anxious when i go up there but it's so i feel like i'm flying almost it's so it's so carefree Mm -hmm. just to be able to go down that drop i don't like none of it god ain't in none of it but i do get on i still get on saints that's good i just don't like none of it yeah at least you still get on because i need to know i'm a person of you know information i need to know um if you can eat only one meal oof Mm. One meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? Spaghetti with meat sauce. Oh, <laughs> no. And I've had people who have some elaborate taste in my life say, oh, spaghetti, that's poor people's food. I don't know, which is not necessarily. But I just have, it's, it's nostalgic for me. Growing up, my mom would always make spaghetti and meat sauce. And there was some moments growing up where we did have some struggles. It wasn't necessarily because of that we ate it, but... I just remember her in the kitchen making it, the smells of it, you know, when she would say, it's ready, food's ready, you know, and it was a common thing that she would um, would make. So to this day, that's probably part of the reason why I, I like it so much. It just reminds me of my, my childhood and eating it. I hear that. I hear that. Yeah. I don't agree. But right. I, hear. <laughs> I mean, and also from a practical standpoint, spaghetti does stretch. It lasts a while. It's good Ugh, for big families. That's you know? not the point. <laughs> right. <laughs> So I think, you know, I think spaghetti is, uh, I mean, and it tastes good. Some people do all kind of crazy stuff with spaghetti. Like for me, I just, I need it simple. I don't need a lot of stuff in it. Just give me the red sauce and ground beef or the meatballs or meat sauce, whatever. Sadness. That makes me sad. What part? Uh, this is the simplicity of it. I, I want to have spaghetti at, I'm a foodie, Saints. Mm. As a foodie, I want to have somebody introduce a old thing that or and or a habit and release it to be something new hey you've been eating it this way have you tried it this way i'm in for Mm. i'm in for the nonsense um Mm. (laughs) and so that's just me because i'm a foodie Uh, um yeah a foodie next question would you rather win the lottery or have the perfect job hmm I'd rather have the perfect job. Mm. Come on, Holy Spirit. Talk about it. The same yes. 28. <laughs> well, you know, money's not everything. And I'm I'm definitely one of those kinds of people. Even the profession I've, I've chosen, you know, acting. I don't oftentimes like even telling people I'm an actor because sometimes it comes with complexity and they'll have preconceived notions of what it means to be an actor. Oh, why aren't you in Hollywood? Why aren't you in New York? Okay. Or why, why aren't you... You know, why aren't you in a Tyler Perry film or whatever, you know, you know, and I'm not saying like, if that's your goal of success, Mm. I hear that. And I appreciate that. That's not my goal of success. Acting for me has never been about money, fame or fortune. It's about 
being able to to touch someone's life. Like I, I take it as a sacred experience, especially in the theater, that people would take times out of time out of their life to come to this darkened space to be able to see something I'm a part of and we're able to have some kind of community experience. You know, and a lot of the plays I've done, it really has sparked uh, questions about social issues, uh, relationships, you know, it really allows people to investigate who they are and about actions they can take to be better or makes them think about things they've never thought about. Art is a very powerful thing mm. and theater and acting is very, it's very powerful. I look at it as a, a teaching tool almost, not necessarily it's just for entertainment or, or form or, or fashion. And I think we all have to get to a point where we define individually, what does it mean to be successful? Mm. We can't give, we can't let someone else put that upon us about what their definition of success is, because I think I used to to do that and I found myself disappointed because I didn't measure up with what other people thought success was. And so I, I've had to define what that means for me in my mm. life. Mm. Mm. I'm gonna ask this question, I'm gonna ask two questions that really are going to stretch you a bit, mm. but I'm gonna <laughs> ask them because one of the questions, and that's the first question that I'm gonna ask, was asked to me and I thought I just thought it was incredible and I have an answer for that. Don't ask me it because it will extend the episode. Okay. Um, but yes, I want to hear what you have to say about that. And, and that is, um, two questions. One is, or the first is, and just, I get through the first one. I should, I, I lumped them together for a reason. Um, but the first question is if you were a superhero, what would your superpower be? What would my superpower be? I believe my superpower if I had to choose one, just one, right? Yeah, one. Uh, most superheroes don't have several powers. They have one that's strategic. Too. Most, but but some have like multiple who? powers. And don't say Batman because he never had superpowers. And I said that out loud. He didn't have superpowers. He had gadgets and gizmos. He never had power. Saints. <laughs> Well, some some superheroes do have multiple, um, but if I had to choose one, I would say the ability to read people's minds or like telekinesis. Mm, that's messy. Yeah, I, I would do that. Go I on. think that is, uh, I think it's power. And well, if we take it further, I think the whole thing about telekinesis is not just to read people's minds, but you also have the power to influence people's minds and the, the choices that they make as well. So I think that is, it's just a, a powerful, a powerful tool. If For I only what? have to choose one. For what? Why would you want that? Why would I want that? I think that I wouldn't necessarily use it for something maniacal. You gotta explain that to <laughs> it, us. It because uh, because if we go from your premise, you said superpower. So this is a superhero, yeah. which is the intention that they're good. Yes. So the power of being able to do that is I could, um, read the enemy's minds. I, I know what the strategy mm. or their plans mm. are, so I could be able to better have a strategy of my own to countercept that. Mm. And then also I could influence them to be able to make other choices that could save the day. Perhaps. That's what I was asking. I wasn't yeah. trying to be, you know, some nonsense. Right. <laughs> I was just asking. Yes, yes. Um, if you could trade in one or the other, would you trade in your looks for intelligence or your intelligence for looks? Well, I mean, I'm blessed to have both, so I'm <laughs> The audacity. <laughs> oh, I am disgusted. 
I've always known him to be a humble person. I am disgusted because <sighs> you took that route. That is disgusting. I'm disgusted. How dare you? So what's so what's the question again? <laughs> See, I'm, I don't even want to talk about it. Okay, we can move on. So sure, move on. That's disgusting. <laughs> All right, that you. Felt, that's a little ugh. humor right there for you. There ain't no humor. It's just I said it. Saying it's disgusting. Moving on. Favorite holiday. I am not big on holidays. Ugh. I have not been big on holidays for quite some time. <laughs> so I could choose one to be arbitrary though. Um, but I would say uh, Christmas. Family recipes. Do you have one? No, I do not have one. Wowzers. I, have I think one. my shout out to Linda. No, no, go say what you're going to say. Yes. I was going to say, I, I believe my maternal grandmother, she would have had all the recipes. She was you know, born and raised in the South. She was an amazing cook. She passed away when I was in like the sixth grade. And unfortunately, a lot of her recipes just were mm. not passed or down, lost. unfortunately, in our family. So it, it really it left when she transitioned so i don't know what they are so um and it's not my turn yet but a small snippet i'm giving you 30 seconds or less um about my experience my grandfather was a chef and because my grandfather was a chef and me at, when i go to family events one of the things that i hear often is you are just like your grandfather mind you i never met the guy never met him he died before I could actually develop a relationship with him. Mm -hmm. um, with that being said, it's interesting to be correlated to a person because I do. I feel that strength. I feel that energy, particularly when people walk up to me and say, hey, particularly people in my family who walk up and say, yeah, what you just did was your grandfather. Mm. And I want to know that experience. Um, but, you know, time has passed and that's cool. Yeah. Um, but also with that being said, um, there are things that my mother has made sure that I got. Mm -hmm. I'm not a baker. If y'all know <laughs> my mother, y'all know my mother can bake the nonsense out of a cake. Hmm. Yes, that's, she who, can. that's who my <laughs> mother is. I don't have bacon in me because right. <laughs> um, I just don't have patience for baking. Yeah, I need it to be done when it's done. When I turn off that eye on the stove, it's got to be done. Mm -hmm. I'm not getting ready to sit and check on it again. That's just not me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but my mother has the, you know, a Holy Spirit and, and she has the gift of patience mm. that I don't have. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, as I say that and as my 30 seconds come to a close, I um, I I wish I had, you know, that pour out that mm -hmm. deposit I said all that to say I wish I had that deposit out of the five senses what would you say is your strongest and as a twofold monkey wrench what would you say is the one you want to strengthen out of my five senses which one's the strongest which one do I want to strengthen mm -hmm. let's see so the strongest one I would say my sight is the, the strongest. I think I, I do well in terms of being able to see, especially with people being able to read a lot of like nonverbal things, little ticks and gestures that they may give to indicate what they really might be maybe thinking or feeling. So I would say that's one of my strongest. Uh, which one I want to strengthen? I don't know if I ever thought about wanting to 
strengthen a physical sense, maybe a spiritual type thing, but not a, a, a physical thing to strengthen. Uh, I've never thought of it in that kind of way. So I don't know if I can give an answer to which one I want to strengthen. Would you like to backtrack on that one and come back to it later? I don't know if my answer will change, so okay. it's possible to remain the same. I think it's powerful. I think that's a powerful question. And I will, um, as a participant in this discussion, will say to you, for me, hearing is a strong thing for me. Mm -hmm. I hear well. I hear well. Mm -hmm. And when I say I hear well, I hear what's not being implied or yeah. being said. You said this, but what you were really trying to say is not what I heard. Um, or this was perpetuated, but that's not what I heard. I'm a hearer. Um, but that's interesting because when you say you hear well, because I think those two can go together when we're trying to perceive communication because you can hear someone, but when you see a, a twitch of the eye or movement, or that can counteract what you're hearing because what is said your your body and physical manifestation can lie on you or, or can betray your actual actual feelings well you know? to agree with you on that thought and on that notion yes there have been moments where i felt like i was hearing well but because of how i saw somebody in the moment of what i heard mm -hmm. changed what i heard but if we're asking the question that i asked the strength of um it would be, I hear well, whether you say it out loud or whether you say it in motion or you, there's something about the body that speaks volumes that people don't understand. Mm -hmm. You say a thing when you don't say a thing. And I am, um, I've been gifted to hear in that place. So when you say hear, what, what is it that you, what, what, are you, what are you referring to when you say hear? I hear body language. I hear what's not said. I hear thoughts that aren't articulated. I hear uh, moments in, in, in the present time. I hear it all. I hear it all. Um, so is that physical or is that going into more of a spiritual kind of discernment or something like that? You can segue that into, you know, because y'all know I'm church. You can segue that into a spiritual moment. I guess for me, it is um, piggybacking off of or giving volume to what you said. It is a moment where it can change. It can mm -hmm. shift. It can be a thing. But for me, I hear well. And I don't ever want to lose the ability to hear to where I don't necessarily want to see Okay. I think that, um, and I'm not, you know, on trial for this or not the person for this, but I don't want to see. <laughs> Seeing for me does more damage than hearing. Okay. Hmm. Um, and I'll even go as far as to say I am not about, you know, YouTube and watching videos and doing all of that stuff. But what I do do is podcast because I want to hear it. Because mm -hmm. I think I'm strategic enough, I think, with what the Lord gave me. I put it out there. I think personally with what the Lord gave me, mm -hmm. I hear better than I see. Mm. If I see it, I'm going to check out immediately. If I see doomsday or I see uh, a moment where um, it's going south or a moment where, uh, mm -mm, uh, nope, 
But if I hear it, mm -hmm. I'm more proactive about, all right, I heard that and I see it's going south. Mm -hmm. How do I fix what I heard? Mm. Yeah, yeah. And so moving on, because we're talking to you. As my last question, what is the most unusual thing you've done in the name of love? <laughs> the most unusual thing I've done in the name of love. <laughs> that's a very interesting question. Unusual, and that's open to interpretation, of course. What's the most unusual thing I've done? I allowed myself to be taken advantage of. I was a person who felt like a way to show love is to give, give money, give time, give resources. So I allowed myself to give myself to this relationship because I thought that by doing that, I would be accepted or loved. And that was a false notion of of love. I don't know if that's necessarily unusual, but that would be something I, I did in, in terms of um and of love is that I gave myself away and allowed myself to be uh, taken advantage of. And I honor that. I honor that moment of courage. <laughs> Thank you. No, to share that. That's a huge deal. My last question. This is my last question. No, you just said it was last. No, 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 okay. no. I've got a last okay. question because I'm church and y'all know when they say it's of course. the last That's point. another 15 like, more minutes now. Look, y'all know how it works. Period. Y'all know how that works. I'm a preacher. Period. <laughs> and I I do. This is my last time. Okay. And this is for real. This is my last time. Mm -hmm. If you were, and I like this question only because I'm a man of the kitchen. I love to cook <laughs> and I love to serve and I love to, I love all of that stuff. I love to prepare. I love, I don't, uh, the only thing about the kitchen I don't like is bacon. Right, right. Yes. Because that's, it's time sensitive. Yes, it like is. That. I don't like sitting and waiting. <laughs> I want it to be ready when it's ready. Yeah. Moving on. Um, the question I have for you is, if you were a kitchen appliance, what would you be? <laughs> that was a kitchen Come appliance. Come on, Jesus. What I mean. I'm ready. I'm ready for the shenanigans. I'm ready. Oh, gosh. You know how to ask him, don't you? I do. <laughs> I'm a kitchen skilled. appliance. Yes, a kitchen appliance. I've never <laughs> have Think about, about There's a toaster. There is a coffee maker now. <laughs> oh, for yes. The new I know which one I'd be. I know which one I'd be. There is a blender. Uh, I know which one I'd be. Okay. Okay. I'd be a Keurig, a Keurig machine. Mm. I love the Keurig. to the people. They want to know. Uh, it's, it's for no deep reason. I just like the it's, Keurig. I use, I use, uh, I drink coffee every morning and I use the Keurig machine that I have to make the coffee. I think it's just a cool and I like how they have the K-Cups because it's, it's just the right amount of, uh, of coffee. I think it's just so cool to be able to, the whole process of preparing the coffee I think is part of my morning routine. So I would love to be a Keurig. Hmm. <laughs> it was a lot of And it's a good way to, uh, and most people, I want. I would be one of the first appliances that people would use mm. in the morning too. We speak on now. We speak yeah. on it. I'm ready. Yeah, so now I think talking about I think there is a, a prestige that comes with the uh, the Keurig and or the coffee machine that mm. I am valuable. Whereas other appliances may not be used as often. When you think about it, some people like will make a meal that's supposed to last a couple of days, so I may not use those appliances again until I the meal runs out. But the Keurig is every day you will use me at some point. Mm. So I ain't, I'm not going to do it. To, I want to, but I'm not going to do it. I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> that was my last one. Well, we can circle back at the end too, if you want to have any follow-up questions as we uh, wrap up things. Possibly. Right. 
Okay, so here we go. You ready for my questions? I'm ready. All right, here we go. Brace yourself. Yikes. All right, we're going to start with a hard one. Favorite color? Blue. <laughs> blue. Christmas uh, blue. Saints. Christmas, Christmas blue. blue. It's not just a blue. It's not just like a, a jean blue. It's a Christmas blue. It has to be like nightingale. It has to be a certain. And then maybe I'll put it in, you know, the attachments so y'all can see it. Attachments. <laughs> But that's it's a specific blue. It's not just a blue. It's right. a specific blue. Christmas yes. is the closest that I can express about it. Uh huh. Uh huh. Favorite time of year? Fall. I love change. I mm. love change, and yes. to see things shift, um, and or to see. Uh, all right, I'm getting ready to take y'all to church. Uh-oh, here Relax. We go. Relax. Do I have to give an offer? No. Okay, I'm, I'm giving y'all this for free. <laughs> y- y'all relax when I say this, though. Oh, bless your heart. Um, I love change. And I love the ability to die to a thing. Mm. Only for in a season to change, be resurrected, and or give something different. As I go through my therapeutic, because I'm in therapy and we talk about it often um as i go through my therapeutic journey Mm -hmm. one of the things that's powerful for me it gives me a strength of power is the ability to let a thing go and let a thing die um can you imagine being a tree and and i'm gonna do this really quick so we can ask more questions can you imagine being a tree to grow leaves to have this thing that's a part of you only for it to be in season to die mm-hmm. and be willing to let that thing go only because you know a season is coming to where you'll be able to replicate that in a better way mm, yeah all right i'm done because i come <laughs> to preach tonight and y'all ain't give me no offering well, you say we didn't have to, so I did. Well, maybe some people will give you a love offering. How about that, send it, <laughs> right? Send it. I'll put my cash app in the notes, Saints. Oh gosh, <laughs> send it. All right, here we go. Uh, favorite food or types of food? I love Italian. Hmm. Or as it. some people say, Italian. I hate it. Yes. I like a good <laughs> pasta. I like a good sauce. Red sauce, white sauce. What kind of sauce you both. like? Both. Oh, I both. like both. I'm oh, not. Wow. I'm not above either one. That's good. That's good. <laughs> like variety, right? Choices. I yeah, like choices. choices. Yes, yes. Uh, name a movie that always makes you laugh. Tommy Boy. That's a good one. It's a classic. It's a classic movie. Tommy Boy makes me laugh. And maybe because I relate to Tommy more than I do anybody else in the movie. And what? people underestimating you and thinking that you don't have it in you to do. Mm. And you showing up and being relevant and present mm. and still being funny. And st- he didn't, he never lost himself. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that. I like that. He never lost himself. He was always who he was, but he was inclined. He was, I won't say spiritual or gifted or whatever the case may be, because it was a movie. But if I can apply it to my own life, I would say I'm, I will. I like that movie and it resonates with me because I find myself being in those same places where I can say I was me completely and authentically just me. Mm -hmm. And some people hated that because it wasn't the thing to do, Mm -hmm. Um, but they were blessed nonetheless. Mm. And maybe the following or maybe um, the encouragement or maybe the role that I played in whatever I was doing mm-hmm. was magnified because they found authenticity in 
who I was. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, so text or call? Mm. <laughs> text and I only say that because my family my family knows the call procedures stick to that saints we work well with that <laughs> we work well with that but text me okay so my next question is Instagram or Facebook Ugh. it's all these social questions that I have no desire for <laughs> Does none of it none okay. none okay what profession did you want to have when you were a child? Instagram. I'm sorry. Instagram. Ask again. Okay. Well, we move forward now. We're the next question. Uh, so Instagram is your answer to the previous yes. question. Okay. So what profession did you want to have when you were a child is the next question. Architect. I wanted to be an architect. Interesting. And how does that show up in your life now? Are you still I, an architect in some ways? I am. I wanted to be an architect and I loved to build. I wanted to build. I wanted at a certain stage of my life for um, things to develop and things to um, be. I wanted to build to give the art to give a regular answer without being deep and heavy. I wanted to build because I wanted the place that I built to house something brilliant. That was my initial thought about being an architect. I wanted to build. I wanted that. I wanted to build and house brilliant thoughts. Hmm. Um, as I've grown older and as I've shifted um, and as I've partnered where I wanted to be in life and where God was calling me to because the truth is where you want to be in life and where God is calling you to may not always match and that should be healing for somebody because I feel it hmm. um, I realized that it didn't come to building buildings the okay. strength of me being an architect was I was building people Mm-hmm. Building people. They were houses in themselves. Mm -hmm. And I didn't readily see that. I've come to see that now. Um, but that was always my desire. I just wanted to build. I wanted to build. Um, uh, when you go to places, uh, and, and you've been with me on some occasions where I'd see an abandoned building, be like, ooh, that's a good church right there. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> or the, oh, that's a good building for ministry right there because mm -hmm. my mind is there. My mind is still architecturally um, a thing. It is just shifted in my perspective to where I want to be art architectural for people. Hmm. And you are, right? I am. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so in some ways you are an architect. So pushing forward, um, in terms of when you were a child, what's a valuable life lesson you learned as a child that has stuck with you? Be. 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 Hmm. Just be. Hmm. One of the things my father taught me before he passed away was just to be. You can only offer who you are in the moment that you are that person. And hmm. he may not have known um, the strength of what he was saying in his time because therapy wasn't on tent. Right. And, you know, just coming to a resolve wasn't a big thing. 
but he may have been on to something. Yeah. To where he just said, be. The best thing you can do is be honest and just be in the moment that you are in. Hmm. Because at least they can say to you, you were you you were your authentic self. Yeah. Yeah. And um that's a lesson I still carry with myself, particularly even more now that I am um, in a place of therapy. Yeah. I, I find myself just, I don't, you ain't got to understand the completeness of me. Understand me in this moment. Hmm. My father taught me that. I think that's a very valuable lesson. Just be, yeah. we can all benefit from, yeah. from that, I think. Glory so, glory. What would you say to your younger self? It's okay. Mm, it's okay. That's good. I want to go into it, but I don't want to get into it. That's fine. I'll leave it there. No, I, I uh, will. For for okay. the sake of those who are listening, I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, it's your choice. I, I, got, I did. I got in my own feelings, and I was on some nonsense that I wasn't going to share that with y'all, but I'll share it with it's you. It's okay. It's a safe space. Um, It's okay. It's okay to be different. It's okay to be brilliant. It's okay to be smart. It's okay to not do what everybody else is doing. It's okay to have a a difference. It's okay to find yourself or see yourself showing up in different places and spaces that everybody doesn't see you in. It is okay. And had I known that when I was in high school, I would have done things differently. And I'm saying that to say, um, for the people who don't know, <laughs> I was the prom prince. <laughs> hmm. Wasn't the king, but I was the prince. Mm-hmm. My best friend can speak to that because she was with me <laughs> on that mm-hmm. level. Mm-hmm. Um, not only was I the prom prince, but I was the SGA vice president. Wow. Yeah. And I was doing things. And I was also um, featured in a major role for uh, the drama department for Kiss Me Kate. Like, mm-hmm. my <laughs> life was booming at that time. Mm-hmm. But what people didn't understand was I almost sabotaged all of those moments because I didn't hear that. I didn't hear it was okay. Mm. And I would have never wasted time not reading my lines or rehearsing or, you know, being there for the people or whatever the case may be. I would have never done that if I had heard, you know what? It's okay. Hmm. You good. Hmm. Um, and that I wish I had heard that. I gave them what I could offer in the moment, mm-hmm. but I could have gave them more had I had a level of confidence that I did have now that I didn't then. Hmm. Yeah, you can only know what you know at that yeah. particular time. Yeah. yeah. My next question is mm-hmm. kind of about other people in terms of how do you believe people perceive you when they first meet you? What What is their first impression? What do you think it is? I think that they think I'm a monster. I I do. I really think that people think that I am not so much a monster, but a a bad guy. And that's just because I see things differently and I work for corporate America and I, you know, do 
a number of things and because I do a number of things I think that when I come off or when I say a thing it's like oh he on some nonsense and it's not that I I get so comfortable and confident in a thought that I feel like everybody needs to think like I think if you're on my team you need to think like I think be there on time be ready have something to cut you know contribute to the conversation all of that stuff that's just me and i'm learning to kind of back off on that um and hear people for where they are but i i do i i as i go through a therapeutic experience i do feel like sometimes my uh assertiveness or my sureness is that a word sureness i i don't i'm not sure <laughs> Um, we got to figure. You could that say out. certainty. So certainty. Your certainty. Yeah. That, that um, my certainty scares people. Uh, can I uh, ask a few more questions regarding that? Sure. So your response, the the word that people perceive you as a monster. Uh, monster is a very very strong word. It strikes up a lot of imagery in me that that people perceive you as a monster. So one is when you say people. So you're saying that everyone you meet perceives you as a monster or only certain kinds of people perceive you that way? I think on the onset, they see me to be a certain way. Who's they? People. So everyone who meets you perceives you to be a monster. No. Is that accurate? I would say a certain way. I think that as um, I um, evolve and, uh, and or as I talk to people and have relationship with people, they do sometimes perceive me to be a monster because I am willing to have the conversations that they're not willing to have. I want to know that you you being hurt and you not saying anything is a problem for me. It's interesting. Uh, I'll, I'll talk about my experience with you. I've never perceived you to be a monster. So I, I was asking about that because using that specific verbiage to me, that is what I was I was wondering about where does that come from, monster? Because uh, I have heard you in the past d describe that, like people think I'm a monster. And so I was just wondering the root of that, where it could come from that you think people are perceiving you. It's one thing to say they think I'm aggressive or I'm tough or I'm hard. It's another thing to a monster. A monster is something that can be venomous and deadly and it's huge and it's just this scary thing. Uh, and I've never, I've never perceived you to be that way. So uh, it's, it's just interesting that you think that most people or a lot of people who may perceive you on the onset of knowing you are perceiving you to be um, specifically a monster. I think it's very interesting. I think they evolved to that place. And I say that to say that everybody who meets me doesn't perceive me to be a monster. But when they do get to meet me there, uh, there are some levels. I'm I'm old school. I'm just old school. Y'all will hear me say it again and again and again. I am old school. And so there are certain things about me that are old school. One of the things that are old school about me is just no, no nonsense. Once I reveal a problem to you or once I say a thing to you, it's no longer, you know, a thing. It's no longer uh, a moment. It's we got to get beyond this, period. <laughs> and that can come off to be very aggressive and very assertive and and very like y'all need to do what he said, do because y'all need to do what he said. do, And I'm OK with that. 
So that's people's perception. So then tell us, who are you then? I want the best. I want the best. I want the best. I feel like if God has given room to where I can see you the way he sees you, Mm -hmm. I want it. I want it. I want it. I want to see them brilliant. I want to see what God showed me. And when God shows me a thing about a person, I want to see it. I want to participate in bringing it forth. And sometimes that's going to come with a harsh moment. It's going to come with a harsh rebuke, but I'm with it. I'm with it because that those are things that happened to me that were necessary. And I want that for everyone else. So it's... um. It's interesting, and I don't want to necessarily continue down this path much longer because we are getting towards the close, but I would suggest, and you can tell me if this is accurate, that you are misunderstood because what you said you are and how people perceive you are two drastically different things. So to be perceived as, quote unquote, a monster, and then for you to say, this is actually where I'm coming from, that says to me that you are often the person that has been misunderstood. Is that correct? I've been misunderstood, but I've only been misunderstood because people haven't been given the due diligence to receive a person like me. Okay. They haven't done their homework. They haven't done their due diligence to receive a person like me. Hmm. There is a a, 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 a moment. Um, I, I will share this very quickly as we move on um, in 15 seconds or less, hopefully um, that, there's a moment of one of my favorite movies is the devil is Prada. Um, I love that movie because I could have worked for Anna Wintour. Hmm. I could have worked for her and it was nothing that she could have said to me that would have belittled me or made me feel small because hmm. I understood who she was and the place she was offering advice. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that sometimes we feel some kind of way about the things that she says in the movie and the things that are translated in the movie because it was like, oh, that was harsh. Or, oh, my gosh, she's going to walk by that moment. Like, no, no I feel like it was, she was sharing it to share it because she didn't want uh, who was receiving her message to receive it in a place where it wouldn't be beneficial. I'm mm-hmm. sharing this with you and I'm being transparent with you and I'm saying this to you because it's a real issue. And if you want to get to where I am, you're going to have to solve that early. Hmm. And I like that. I like that. Well, that's cool. I like that. And I thank you for um, for sharing, for sharing that. So the last couple of questions that I have, uh, we'll just go down kind of rapid fire um, so in school or rather, um, childhood memory, uh, what's your best childhood memory? Best childhood memory. My father took us to what was a zoo mm-hmm. and he got us in the back end of the zoo. It <laughs> wasn't, he didn't get us to the front door, but he got us in the back end of the zoo and we got to experience every that, every moment of that. And he did that while my mother was home. Um, uh, and I, appreciate that moment because my father taught me how to give room for some people to have their moment, whatever it was. Favorite subject in in school? Science. Name uh, three strengths without expounding upon them. Just name the strengths. This one's often a hard one because oftentimes people will focus on their weaknesses, but the strengths Name uh, three strengths. Leadership. Mm-hmm. Second one. 
Compassion. And third one. That's not a word. <laughs> you can um, make up words. It's fine. I don't like to. Um, <laughs> nope. I was getting ready to lie to myself. I ain't healed from that place yet. Um, <laughs> grace. Grace. I've learned. Okay, so now I'm just going to go rapid fire to the next one. So now um, the opposite of that, I'm not going to refer to it as weaknesses, but name three areas of your life that are opportunities for growth. Just the three areas. Compassion. I said that in the previous one um, as a strength, um, but I still consider it to be a weakness as I learned to have compassion. Um, the second is um, understanding. I want to fully understand where people are coming from. Uh, lastly, um, change. Change. Okay. So I'm going to wrap up my questions for you with the last one here. Um, what are three things that are on your bucket list? Europe. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is going to mess people up and be messy in the number of levels, but I'm going to say it because I know where God is calling me. Why not? It's our father's table, right? Oof. And I know. <laughs> and I feel like you mm, sabotaged me. You set me up for this one. Um, church. Church is a bucket list. list. I want to see I want to see God's people um, thriving in a different place. I, I, okay. I guess the best way I can explain it is redefining church. Okay, redefining church is yes. on your bucket list. Yes, it's on my bucket list. And what's your last thing? Um, love. Love is on your bucket list? Yeah. I can't live this life without understanding a portion of what love is. Okay. So those are all my questions for you. Um, as you wrap up, is there anything else you wanted to discuss or talk about no i feel like i said a lot i think you did yes <laughs> well i think it's been fun you know it's been a different kind of format this episode but i think i hope that people got to know a little bit more um about us and i think it was uh interesting maybe we'll revisit this again Oof. uh sometime maybe. um and then next week just as a heads up we're going to be talking about um malcolm and marie the new netflix movie y'all get uh, ready <laughs> y'all get ready yeah. i done watched it twice right 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 and it's ready. uh it's an interesting film so we'll be talking about that next week um valentine's day will happen before then next uh next sunday so happy valentine's day for all of you out there <laughs> and, and um, or sit in the film and push through that right because <laughs> i'm going i'm going there next week yeah but um, i'm looking forward to that and i you know i do hope that everyone found something fruitful from today's uh, conversations as we ask questions to each other i'm a co-host but that's gonna be a doozy y'all be ready yes and that leads us to the segment of the show called fields of vision this is the segment of the show where we highlight a quote or a text to help encourage and inspire you today's fields of vision comes from aaron peace I offer you the holy word of peace. Philippians 4 and 7 speaks to letting the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, let it guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. I oftentimes feel like there are moments where we don't offer ourselves moments of peace. 
where we can readily receive a pause, a moment to just sit in what God has given us. Those moments don't come with ease. Those moments don't come with comfort. Those moments don't come with things that we expect them to come, but they do come. And it is that silence that is brilliant. It is that peace that is brilliant. And that peace says, Lord, I hear you, even when you're not talking. Thank you, Aaron, for today's Fields of Vision. And we thank you all for joining us here again at Vantage Point. We look forward to you joining us next time. Until we meet again, friends, be well. <laughs>